Good morning, City Life and City Lifers, visitors, good morning. My name is Pedro Reese. I'm the lead pastor here at City Life, and it's my honor to be here again another week, get to preach the word for our church uh, to all of you. Uh, welcome to another Sunday. Uh, today, I just have to start. Uh, the plan This week was interesting, to say the least, in my life. Um, before last Sunday, my dad had a surgery, and it should have been routine. He had the surgery, uh, he was sent home probably too early, and then the, the plan all along was after Sunday last week, I would go be with them to help them, to make sure, pick him up, he's a big guy. Um, and so I went, I, after Sunday, I preached, we had church, I brought my, my and then the kids home and then I went to go be with them and then uh, Tuesday night in the middle of the night my mom runs into my room and the room I was sleeping in and she's like screaming and she's shouting like dad Pedro your dad is unconscious and I go into their bedroom to see that he's passed out on the floor and I don't I didn't know what to do and like I didn't know what to do and so I just like I held his head in my my hands and just I was just like praying and like he's passed out he's like shaking a little bit and uh and just trying to speak to him trying to get him back and like I think I we waited for him to regain consciousness for like 30 seconds but it felt like forever my mom called an ambulance and they came and got him and brought him to the hospital um and he's he's fine he's he had internal bleeding they fixed it, he should be fine, he should make a full recovery, but like, oh, like that like, it was one of the scariest nights of my whole life, like I was holding my dad's head and not even, not sure of what was going to happen, and um, all that to just say like, uh, man, that like, it was terrifying, and it like has reminded me about a lot of like, a lot of what we don't like to think about of life, about like how finite we are, how fragile life is, how important it is to like live our lives and like what we do with our days. Uh, and so like today, like uh, we had a plan. We were still gonna preach the passage that we were supposed to, but uh, like I just kind of just want to speak really plainly today. Like I just, I just really like, uh, like it was. I was reminded about like let's just be really plain right now, like. Life is short, and it's important, and what we do and the decisions we make are important. What, how we fill our days, the decision, it's important. And then also on top of that, what's happening in Ukraine, Ukraine being invaded by Russia, it's like, like, why? It's tragic, and like, loss of life is tragic. So like let's like today let's be really plain like the first thing I want to say first thing I feel directed to say is just to remind everyone who's listening if you're a believer or not like uh, that we come together to worship Jesus and Jesus loves you Jesus just Jesus loves you the God of the Bible is the story of this guy who is like not content to live without people to not content with that, like, to allow brokenness and sin and shame to come in. Like, none of this was his doing. I mean, he made a plan to make this all okay. 
to redeem us all, to like heal our wounds. And so like the first thing I just, I just want to remain, I like want to be really plain that the purpose of every time we're ever together is to talk about this Jesus who loves you and who invites you into this like loving relationship with him that is like foundationally marked by generosity and mercy and grace. Jesus loves you. Whoever has hurt you in his name, whoever has given you a bad example for like all the mistakes you've seen his people make that we make, like Jesus loves you. He just is crazy about you. And he like came down and became one of us because he loved you. He died and rose again because he loves you. And he like invites you into this eternal relationship with him. That will like change the course of your eternity for you to be with him. That's what Jesus offers. He longs to be with you. And he longs for you to find him. And then for you to spend every day of your life on this side of eternity with him. And then every day of eternity with him in his home. And so today like, I just want to preach as plainly as possible about this interaction that Jesus had at the table where he like showed us more of his economy of generosity and like his invitation towards this love. And so we're gonna be in Luke 14 like we were last week. Uh, but before I before we read, let's uh, pray. Uh, pray with me, please. Jesus, I thank you for this day, and I thank you uh, that we're in your hands, that you care for us, that you love us so patient and kind and merciful and gracious towards us. Lord, uh, help us to connect with that more today. Like, let that mark our entire lives. Everything that we do and how we live, like, Lord, let it foundationally come out of your generosity and not our lack, not our poverty, but, like, your generosity. And so I pray all this in Jesus' name. Jesus, we love you. church so we are going to be in Luke chapter 14 starting in verse 12 verses 12 to 24 this is the word of the Lord picking up exactly where we left off last week it starts like this he said also to the man who had invited him when you give a dinner or a banquet do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors lest they also invite you in return, and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed, because they cannot repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. When one of those who reclined at table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. But he said to him, A man once gave a great banquet, and invited many. And at the time for the and at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field, and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen. And I go to examine them. Please have me excused. 
And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city, and bring the poor, crippled, poor and crippled and blind and lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you, what you commanded has been done, and still there is room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in, that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of these men who were invited shall taste my banquet. This is the word of the Lord. Let's catch up a little bit. So this week, even though the plan has changed a little bit, we're still in our Open Table Sermon Series. We're still looking through Luke, looking at every time Jesus went to the table and someone. When like somebody invited him or he set up a meal and he went. And we're at the table that we were last week, the same, very same setting. Last week when Jesus talked, he went on the Sabbath to a Pharisee's house, a ruler of the Pharisee, in fact. And he healed someone with dropsy. And then he also like shared this story about like when you go to a feast, like don't sit in the nice seats, pick a lesser seat so that the host can like bring you up, right? Humble yourself. Remember, like that was what we took, like, humble yourself. And like, we talked about like how like God's economy of generosity, the kingdom works on a different economy and it's built, the foundation is generosity. Fundamentally, God is like the God of this Bible is a gracious being. He just like needs to share that generosity. And then like today we pick up right where we left off at that same table on that same night. And Jesus starts to talk and like he starts to talk about your invitations. Jesus looks to the Pharisee who is hosting this meal. And he tells this quick little story. He's like, you know what? Like, not story, but he like gives them some advice. He looks at him, remember, face to face, because Jesus was always face to face with these guys. Not afraid to like be courageous and bold and like tell them the truth to their face which they could not do we talked about that last week he's like you know listen like when like when you're putting together a feast or a banquet he's like don't just invite the people that you know he's like hey don't just invite the people that you know the people that you're comfortable with they're like don't like preserve your little bubble here like don't like shield your life with this Christian little bubble or in their day the like pharisaical little bubble he's like don't bring people here who will be able to repay you later like, don't just like preserve this little life that you have for yourself remember last week we talked about how the kingdom is like different than us and it's like just backwards many times to us like life, scarcity, our poverty teaches us to like preserve and fight for ourselves. But in God's economy, you give and you give and you give because you can't ever outgive the Lord. And He's like, when you're setting these up here, when you're like bringing people in, when you're like using your influence, don't just bring people who you know will benefit you or who will like preserve your reputation, who will advance you, like will make you feel significant, right? Like living in God's invitation like in his invitation of generosity you bring unex un, um, sorry unexpected people he's like bring unexpected people into your life don't he says here don't just invite your friends your brothers your relatives or your rich neighbors like don't do, like don't just do them like that's easy that's what everyone else does just really quick also just so that we know 
in the Greek, it doesn't say, like, don't ever invite these people, but it's like, don't just invite these people. Don't just invite the people you know and are comfortable with. Like, don't just invite them, but bring people into your life that are unexpected. Because the table is magic, right? We've been talking about that. At the table, magical things happen. So, like, don't just invite the people you're already with or people that you will benefit right, from, right? But he's like, bring the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, bring them to your table. The outcasts, the forgotten, the ones who are not getting any invitations anywhere else. Like, but bring them to your table. Bring them to the people you know so that you can hear them and know them and like, hear their story. And like from this point, like we get like a very big principle of God, about God's economy of generosity. Uh, a pastor said this, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, so we'll just put it on the screen here. But he says, we will never be the loser when we give after the pattern of God's generosity. I'll read it again. We will never be the loser when we give after the pattern of God's generosity. Like so much of life, we're taught, like, look out for yourself. There's not enough. Be careful. Don't give too much. But, like, when you're living out of God's generosity, you will never lose. Even when you give to people who will never repay you. Because we all do get rewards. Like, the Pharisees got their rewards. They got what they were really searching for, which was, like, people's praise and adoration. Like that was like that was the goal of the Pharisees, and they got that. Like they were the right ones. But like Jesus, is like oh, like but I would rather get paid on the resurrection of the just. Bring people at your table. Live life with people at the table. Open yourself up to people who can't really pay you, who will not benefit you, who will not like advance your reputation or get you that promotion. It's like no, don't live like that. Don't live only for yourself, but live fundamentally out of God's generosity and you will never lose you will be repaid like you want to be repaid at the resurrection of the just not like here right just like live for others don't live for yourself like don't make your whole life about you which is the hardest thing for us as people to do but Jesus is like you know what my kingdom you don't live for yourself you live for others others take care of you as you take care of others. Like when you give, someone comes along and gives to you. And it's just the cycle of generosity. That's like what God's kingdom is built on. And then from there, we're given the story. Let's talk about excuses. Starting in verse 15, like some guy pipes up, right? He hears all that's been happening. He's been seeing, he's probably, he's probably saw the guy with dropsy being hailed. He saw, he heard the story about like sitting at the wedding and then he heard what he just said here and then like he, I don't know if he was like breaking the tension or he just wanted to say this or he was, we don't know, but he like says this, he says, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God, which is like a true statement, right? But then that launches Jesus into this story and he starts to tell this parable, like really interesting parable. Starting in verse 16 here, he says, a man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to excuse, make excuses. Like this, he's like, okay, imagine this. This is a story. This master, this 
host wanted to bring people into this feast. And so he's, he does everything that they're supposed to. In Jesus' day, the way these feasts worked was like this. Because uh, it took time and money. There was no grocery store to run. You had to prep and plan a lot more than you do today. Like hosting parties is difficult, right? But it was even more difficult in the ancient world. And so this is how it would happen. This is the historical context behind this that we don't get because we're not, we don't know this. See, back in the day, the first step to hosting a party is the host, the master, would send out one of his servants or someone on his behalf to get the list, the guest list. And he goes, like, go to everyone that I want to bring. He gives them a list of names and you go out. And then when you are his VP, you don't know when it's going to happen, but you're like, okay, like my intention is to be there. Like my host is hosting all of you. Do you want to come? And it's the invited guest's responsibility to see what he has, to like look at his life, to see if he can say no. It was okay to say no, but it wasn't okay to say yes and then not go. And that's like exactly what happened here. We start getting these excuses, like these people said, yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll be there. And this king, like the host, sets up this great feast. Like he sets it all up and then like from all the stories, like going to be a great time. But then when it's time to go, he says here, he sends out his servant. And he says, come for everything is now ready. And then they're like, and eh, actually, I don't want to be there. Like, yeah, no, like actually, fundamentally what they're saying is I have something better to do. I'm not going to go to this. Like, I know I gave you my yes, I'm not going to go. Uh, Charles Spurgeon, one of the most famous pastors of the last century, he says this about excuses. Excuses are curses. And when you have no excuses left, there will be hope for you. I like this. Jesus is telling the story in, in front of the Pharisees about excuses of like, oh, like, you say you want to be with the kingdom, right? You, God, you just said that like, you want to taste, you want to eat bread in the kingdom, right? But hey, like, here's the invitation. You keep making excuses. Like, this is the invitation. It's not what you think. It's not what you expected. The kingdom is different than you. Here's the invitation, but you keep making excuses. And then we get three excuses here, and every one of them is like in the ancient world, not even from our standard, but in the ancient world, every, every excuse here is a sign of a foolish person, like a foolish person, which in the biblical language is a much stronger thing to say than like me saying it in English right now. These are fools. These are people who could like, I don't know, they're fools. The first one comes is like, I just bought property and I have to go look at it. But only a fool buys property and doesn't look at it beforehand. Not to mention that even in back in their days, they had like inspection clauses where you could go after the sale and check it out and still get out of it. He's a fool. He said no. He said yes and he turned his back. It was shameful. He said no. And then the second excuse, oh, like I bought 10 oxen. I have to go check them out, but only a fool buys that many oxen, or any oxen, without checking them out first. Like, I was a fool. And then the last one, like, even to us, like, it might even make more sense. He's like, I just got married, and I have to be with my wife. But, like, in the story, in the meaning of this parable, is like, only a fool puts his wife before God. Like, yeah, like, you're supposed to be that person's uh, spouse, right? Love your spouse. That spouse is you, your one flesh. 
but only a fool puts even their spouse in front of God, in front of the host. Oh my God. It's a fool. These people are fools, and their excuses show that like they just had better things to do. They didn't want that meal, they just wanted something else. And like this is the posture and the heart of the Pharisees. And oh, like, don't even look at the Pharisees. In our lives, that's what we do when we make excuses. Like we just like excuses when it boils down to it, it's just like, ah, like, I just don't want that right now. I want to do it my way. So, like, I, I just, like, really want to speak plainly today because, like, as pastor, like, like, let's stop playing these games. Like, I want, like, to lead our community to look at our lives and, like, at least be able to say we're not playing games. We know we're not perfect, but we're not playing games. And so, like, I want to speak to a couple people right now. Like, I pray, I really pray that there are people here who aren't Christians yet, but they're exploring. They're heard about Jesus a lot of people talk about Jesus and so they're like exploring what that means and I like I just want to say to you with no condemnation like keep searching there's this invitation in front of you like it's given it's offered it's already yours so explore it check it out see if it lines up I'm confident with my whole being with my whole life that there is no better invitation there is no or truer invitation than what Jesus offers loving relationship with him so check it out don't say yes lightly and don't say no lightly either like check it out no one will give you what Christ can give you no one brings you redemption love significance acceptance the wiping away of sins like no one does that but, but Jesus I'm confident of that and no one has ever done that in the history of this world like Jesus is. So explore. Find out for yourself. There's no better place to turn than the name of Jesus. He loves you. He's been searching for you. He will continue to search for you. He loves you. He wants you with him. He came, he lived, he died for you. And so explore what that means. And let's do it together. Hit me up. Reach out to us. Let's connect. Let's talk about why we are so convinced that Jesus is the answer for the world. Like treat this decision, this invitation, with the seriousness that it like deserves because it's an eternal decision. And then to us Christians, like those who call ourselves Christian and who like follow Jesus and love him, like let me just ask, do our lives resemble like people who are in love, who are passionate? Who are devoted who are searching who are courting Jesus like the or is the word excuse like more of what we rely on like we rely on God's mercy and grace and that will never be withheld but like we also know that we're abusing it we're just making excuses all the time like does the word excuse or devotion mark your following of Jesus and like you know the answer to that I don't you know in your heart like, if excuses are more of what you do than, like, actually being devoted. Like, like, is Jesus still your first love? Like, do you still love him? And you don't have to run around and shout and be crazy, but, like, do you still love him? Do you still know the invitation that you've said yes to? And, like, does it fill you with passion and belonging and acceptance and, like, drive, devotion, sacrifice?
at the end of the day, we serve a God who gives us all mercy and grace, and it's always undeserved. But also at the end of the day, our excuses like are never good enough. Everyone in this story, their excuses, not good enough. So like, let's like not live marked by excuses if that's what we're doing. Like Jesus, like show us if that's what we're doing. But then like the story continues, it doesn't end there. These excuses aren't what mark the story but it's like God's generosity that marks the story, the generosity of this host. And like our last point for today is go out and bring. The story picks up from there and, and Jesus continues the parable, the story that he was telling. In verse 21, he says, So the servant came and reported these things to the master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servants, Go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor, crippled, blind, lame. Bring them, bring them in. Verse 22, and the servant said, Sir, what you, have, what you commanded has been done. And there's still more room, right? There's still room to take more people. And then he says, okay, he says, go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come into my house, like that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of these men who are invited shall taste my banquet. Let us not overlook the fact that his response is to become angry. Like, I, I think we are like all so afraid of God, like being angry, but like thank God that God is this God of emotion, right? That he is drawn to anger because often when he is angry, his generosity comes out. And he's like, he did not, he was not content with his house being empty. His anger shows us that he's care that he cares, that he's sincere in his hope to bring people into his house. Like this week to me, this has been reminding me of like, we all make plans that we half-heartedly make, that we just like know we should do, but don't really want to. And then there's also just times where we make plans or we're looking forward to it, but on that day, you're just so tired that you're like, instead of looking forward to this commitment, you're dreading it. And then we've all had times when the other person unexpectedly canceled and like, instead of being, oh, we said, oh, no, don't worry, don't worry, that's okay, I understand. But inside, we're like, really happy. Like, don't pretend like that's not you. That has happened, and ah, that's probably happened fairly recently. But like, this, like, this master of God, he's like, not content. Because foundationally, he is one of generosity, and he wants his house to be full, and so his anger spurs him to even greater generosity. He's like, okay, you know what? These people who are invited, they won't come. They won't taste my kingdom. Like, they won't have what I'm serving. They won't eat from my food, but I want my house full, and so go out and bring people to me. Like, he's like, go out. Bring me the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Go to the streets and the lanes of the city, the highways and the hedges, and compel people to come to me. Like, Bring them to me because I want my house full. Like this like parable shows us God's heart, like his heart of generosity, his kingdom that is built on this economy of generosity. Uh, like originally I had more nerdier things to talk about today, but like this week, it's just like let's just talk really plainly. Like God wants you in his kingdom. He's not content to have his house half full. 
couple people full. He's not even content with the invited guests not coming. Like he's gonna fill his house. He offers this invitation to you to like join me, be in my house, get to know me, eat my food, like be with me, spending eternity with me. But like fundamentally, the God from this book, the God who tells this story, is so full of love and he needs to share it. And so what do we do with all of this? Like what do we do to bring this out of that page and into our lives, into our hearts, and like help us to learn how to live out of God's generosity. Well, like one thing I wanted to do was read from Ezekiel. This is Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 11. It says this, like in another part of God's story, he says this. It says, say to them, as surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the, in the death of the wicked, but rather that they turn from their ways and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways. Why will you die, people of Israel? We have this God of invitation. He like has, declares over and over again in his story that like he doesn't take pleasure in people dying. Like he doesn't take pleasure in the sin in the wickedness and the things that we do like we have this idea in our head of good guys and bad guys but like fundamentally Jesus's table is accepted by all the broken ones all the wrong people the kingdom is unexpected in every way and it's full of all the quote-unquote wrong people which we've been talking about all these weeks like the kingdom like those who are in like are the ones who say like yeah I'm broken we have this God, he's like, turn, repent, stop, find me, pursue me. Like, I want you with me. I don't take pleasure in people dying, in the wicked dying. That's because we have this God who fundamentally wants us to be with him. And his whole story, this whole story is about the invitation that we are offered, and it's yours. And so I just want, like, want to say today to close all of us, Christians and those who are not Christians, the invitation has been given. The table is set. The feast is ready. It's yours to say yes to. It's yours to say no to. But be careful because the kingdom works in unexpected ways and it doesn't always look the way we expect it to. It never works the way we demand it to. And also of what we talked about last week, like we can miss it. Like at one point the door is closed and we knock on the door and he says like, no, I don't know where you come from. So like today, like I'm reminded about the, how finite our lives are. Like one day we will breathe our last breaths. You will like have this unexpected death in your life. Like somebody will come along and like just shatter. One day your life will be shattered and broken and like something will end. And like I'm here to say to us, like we've been invited, so let's not waste time. Like let's explore what this invitation is. Jesus wants you to be with him in his kingdom for the rest of eternity. And so like say yes. Don't lean on excuses. 
if you are exploring Christ and like explore him, let's explore him together. Reach out to me this week. The awkward part of doing this online is that like I can't see you face to face and go talk to you right now. I'm not in the chat right now, unfortunately. But like reach out and let's get get a cup of coffee. Let's talk about what it means to say yes to this invitation. That Jesus like died and rose from the dead to give you this invitation. The table has been set. So what does it mean? And then for us who believe, like, like, let's live like we've said yes and like rekindle our love and our passion for this one who gives us everything. So like today, I'm, I'm just here to plainly remind us that like life ends at some point. We've been given this invitation to live generously. I don't want to waste a day of my life like, making excuses or saying that I can go for less. So church, um, we have this table here that Jesus met people at. And he like, really was strong in challenging them about what the kingdom is built on, this love and generosity from our Lord. You can't outgive the Lord. You will always be provided for in his economy. There is room for you and the person next to you and someone you've never met and someone who has never heard of his name in the middle of the rainforest. Like, like God is big enough to cover all all of us and the invitation is for all of us whether or not we ever hear the name of Jesus scripture promises us that so like let's take him up on that invitation let's at the very least explore that invitation together so church um, we love you later today I'm trying to go a little shorter today because later today we're coming back together at family meeting at 3 p.m. over zoom like 3 p.m. if this is your church you need to be at this meeting and if you have been coming for a while, even online, and haven't reached out, you're invited to come. Please be with us because we're going to share our budget. We're going to share our vision. We're going to talk about what is at the heart of this church. If this is your first Sunday here with us, you're also invited. It's a time of transparency. We have nothing to hide as a church. We're going to show you what's important to us and how we even like do that financially. You're invited. If this is your first Sunday, please join us. So we love you so much. Uh, we'll see each other very soon at 3 p.m. The link will be emailed to you if you're in an MC. And if it's not, go to our web page. Our very on our home page, the very first link is City Life. It's something like, I'm blanking right now, but it's like City Life Sunday Service. Click that, and at the top of that page will be a Zoom link. Click that. We'll be there at 3 p.m. We'll see you there. We love you, and. Um, great week. Jesus loves you. He invites you to be at his table with him. Have a good week. See you soon. Bye.